This week, we are joined by two of our close friends, John Dill of CrossFit Sue Sponte in Raleigh and Durham, as well as Dudley's Marina uh, out on the coast of North Carolina, and also Cody Alford, uh, softlead intern extraordinaire. We're going to be talking about his uh, impending release from the military and the adventures that he plans on taking once he's out. Broadcasting from everywhere and nowhere, the Misfit Crew at Softfleet HQ is proud to bring you the Dive Living Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Die Living Podcast brought to you by Softlead. This week we have our good friends John Dill and Cody Alford joining us. And we're going to be talking uh, mainly about Cody as he wraps up his internship with Softlead and prepares to head out into the great wide open. So Cody and John, thanks for joining us today. As always, we appreciate it. It's awesome to have you guys here. I'm here too. And Brian is also here. God. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Brian. We love you. We love you, Brian, and we do not take you for granted. That's not how it feels sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take whatever I can get. <laughs> um, so, yeah, welcome, guys. Cody, uh, you have had a pretty busy few weeks, actually, summer. I don't know, you know, the last time we talked was kind of at the beginning of the internship, I think back in May, and you know, really it was kind of you looking forward to kind of planning your transition out of the military, looking at what you're going to be doing for the summer, and since then, uh, a number of things have happened. Obviously, we're getting closer to, to leaving the military. Uh, you've had some things come up this summer. Uh, and now you've got, I think, like it sounds like a pretty firm plan for what's going to be happening going forward. So, if you will, take us through the the summer journey of Cody Alford. Oh man, that's a <laughs> that's a pretty intricate one right there. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, we started the intern. Was it May? I think no. it was May. I could be wrong. It might have been April. Yeah, like March April time frame. I think that's when we actually started to uh, spearhead the conversation. All right. And then, um, yeah, so my wife and I moved out to uh, Durham and. We started the internship with Softly, and just for everyone who's listening that doesn't really know Softly, Softly's not just a one-trick pony. Uh, the people actually care about the people that they're actually trying to interact with, and what Softly has given me has been like hope, and the whole die living mantra has really sunk in, and what's actually provided me is like a lot of reflection and um, really like a lot of like self-worth. I've, I've, I came here, and I... I definitely want to get away from the GI Joe world and uh, nothing wrong with people who wants to stay in that realm. But just for me, I just, I've always been like interested in like art and design and just never knew how to do it. Uh, <clears throat> so Brian actually has been my mentor for, uh, you know, graphic design, uh, product development. Butter I was butterfly kisses, <laughs> butterfly kisses. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and then video and uh, photography. And uh, I've had a blast doing it. It's been so fun. And one thing I definitely don't take for granted is that I've been afforded the past six months of my Marine Corps career a chance to uh, transition out, really, before I actually had a no-kidding, like, exfil date out of service. So I definitely have a leg up on a lot of people, and I wish more people would actually take advantage of these opportunities. Uh, <clears throat> being part of Special Operations Command, I was able to uh, hop on a fellowship program, and that's how I linked up with Softfleet for this internship, and it has just been just super, super amazing. I mean, I, I have no much, um, not like great words to say other than just like I'm lost for words for how appreciative I am of this opportunity. And uh, not only did I learn, learn a skill set, I think I got to bring something to the table and really learn how a non-toxic environment works. And, you know, yes, it's like... So where did you find this non-toxic environment? <laughs> here at Softly, you know. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's been super great. I mean, you know, from flash to bang, seeing products develop, seeing how the, the team communicates and seeing really behind the currents of just a website or, or an app on Instagram. You know, it's uh, it's super amazing to know that there's like quality people that are trying to put out a quality product and not sell themselves out uh, just because a common trend 
says you should or you should follow a certain type of niche and uh softly definitely defies the norm in that category uh so do the personnel that work here and even john dill i mean you know even meeting, john <laughs> meeting guys like <laughs> yes. john, meeting guys like john has been like Included. super awesome oh my god i just love shooting you on camera it's amazing <laughs> well no man it's been awesome having you here and i mean i i appreciate everything you said because uh you know the things you say about the organization we've done that that hasn't happened by chance um but yeah you've definitely brought stuff to the table you fit in really well and we're definitely sad uh, to be seeing you going but i'm also really excited for what you have coming um as well as i actually genuinely we haven't caught up that much since you got back i want to hear about your time down in florida over the last couple of weeks and kind of what was going on down there yeah so <clears throat> One of the biggest fears of uh, starting this transition was really asking work for something that's already approved in the system. Like, hey, can I do this? You know, fear of like reprisal or like you suck or something silly, typical military uh, communications with one another. So I got approved for the intern. And then I'm having so much fun here, like learning, uh, still struggling with some of my medical situations. And then an opportunity arose to uh, go down to Tampa, down to McDill Air Force Base to uh, receive some uh, brain treatment. And I was pretty hesitant because I didn't want to let, you know, again, let another organization or institution down by asking softly, hey, are you guys fine if I, you know, depart for two months and um, try this treatment out? I'm like, but hey, I'll still do my internship down there. I'll still try. And uh, I, guess I definitely did. There were some days that were better than others. But long story short, uh, so <clears throat> there's a comp corporation called MBRL, and uh, they're based out of California. And they have this uh, this machine. It's called MERT. Well, the, the the process is called MERT. And basically, what it is, it's this uh, it's a magnetic uh, device that uh, stimulates the neurons in your brain. It kind of helps you with PTSD, memory, depression, anxiety. Uh, heck, you can even help with like you know body body pains and stuff like that. There's another uh, <clears throat> tool that's out there with the VA system. It's called TMS. And excuse me for not remembering all the acronyms. But that right there is designed to, it's a one-stop shop for everybody. Well, it's a one-step frequency, the same location of the treatment for the head, and some people have a good effect, some people don't. What the Merck does, it actually, based off your EEGs, how your brain is actually mapped and how it's firing properly or improperly, they set the proper frequency on the device and pinpoint certain parts of your brain specifically for you so you get the most of the bang for the buck. So, uh, <clears throat> SOCOM was doing a uh, FDA trial. So, I went down to uh, McDill and I signed up for the program. And uh, basically, I did 20 treatments. I was either getting active or placebo. Wasn't really sure what I was getting because uh, they hook you with like tens unit on your forehead. So, you still get the same effect of like the magnetic, the magnet actually engaging. And uh, <laughs> so, let me just put in perspective. I went down there on day one, I was two hours late to my appointment. <clears throat> It was a straight shot from where I was staying at to get to base, and I've been to base before. However, you know, with my GPS, I still got lost for two hours. Man, it was I like completely freaked out. I, I called my doc. I'm like, bro, get me the get me out of here, dude. Like, I cannot do this because uh, it was kind of the first time I was actually uh, on my own to like fend for myself and you know do adult things. And I kind of got through the hurdle, <clears throat> so I was late a couple of days, and I kind of like eased into it. About the second week of treatment, I started to notice, like, dude, I don't need my GPS. Granted, we're creatures of habit, you know, if you go the same route every day, you know, in theory, you don't need, you know, GPS to kind of get you there. But then it's Florida and it's Tampa on top of that. So there are, uh, <clears throat> there's a bunch of like uh, accidents all over the place. So I had to like, you know, go off the beating path here and there. And I was really able to do so in a very fluid way. And I know it sounds pretty cheesy, but for me, it just was not part of my lifestyle uh, at the moment. And then I started feeling a lot better about myself, just not so much. I wouldn't say I was depressed for the past few years. It was more or less like I want to do X. I just can't do X or I want to go outside. I just I don't have the, the drive to go outside Vice being depressed where it's like, I don't want to go outside because I don't want to do anything. I hate my life. Definitely not the case with me. So uh, <clears throat> before the 20 active, the 20 uh, treatments concluded, I was like starting to feel like super good. I was, I thought I was pretty productive with the internship. There's definitely some good and bad days. And then I rolled right into the, uh, the active treatment. <laughs> and this is where it gets tricky because now the active treatment, I'm actually a patient now. So they can pinpoint certain parts of my brain that they couldn't do during the clinical trial because it has to be the same across the board for the, for the FDA um, process. 
So I started getting the front and the back of my head uh, zapped, for lack of a better term, with these magnets. And right off the bat, it go ahead and uh, it knocks out 40% of your, all your stored glucose you have, the brain being the biggest organ we have in our bodies. <clears throat> so within like 30 minutes of the, of the treatment, I was like going down for the count. It like jacked up my sleep cycle. I'd go home and just feel like completely just worn out, like, like you're sitting in class all day being death by PowerPoint type of stuff. So it really made like functioning super hard. And that kind of put me back into the regression. And I guess with some of the other patients, they were noticing the same things. Um, <clears throat> so it was really hard for me to accept it as like, hey, my time out here in Tampa, I have to stop piling everything on my plate. You know, I, I kind of stepped away from the whole bodybuilding thing. I, I talked to my coach, uh, Mike Lill, and I'm like, hey, man, I just, I don't need this extra stress for my life right now. And he's like, dude, I totally get it. Mike's a, uh, a 75th Ranger bad dude, and he totally gets, you know, the process. And, you know, once you do, like, take care of yourself. And so I was like, all right, dude, thanks, man. I completed my uh, my bachelor's also. So that was another weight off my shoulder. So I'm just trying to, like, exfil, like, all these stresses that I have. Well, then I have, like, my internship. I'm like, oh, my God, I, I want to do these designs. I want to take this footage, X, Y, and Z. And I just felt so just blah, like, no drive. And But I still wanted to. But it took me... It took me a few weeks to look at it as not a waste, like I wasn't being productive, but just look at it as neutral, like, hey man, like I'm out here, I'm getting treatment. Like if I feel bad, of course I'm this is part of the treatment, it's part of the uh like the disclaimer, hey, you might feel like shit. <laughs> so and I guess I didn't wanna I didn't wanna believe that because <clears throat> I was so used to being hundred percent for so long and they're like, Cody, it's not normal for people to, you know, go full speed all the time and it's like, hell, people in the civilian world like they want you, they're happy if you work like 40% or 50% of your capacity because if you work more, they're like, dude, you're a showboater. And it makes, you know, it makes them look bad. It's like, people just want you to work. I'm always telling people it's softly, dude, you are working way too hard. Let's slow it down. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I hear it every day. <laughs> yeah. It's like a broken record. Yeah. Brian, stop performing so high. Yeah. Brian, you're making me look bad. <laughs> please, please stop. I'm, I'm giving you a hard time, man. I think it's awesome that you were given that opportunity. I remember when we talked about it. Um, you know, you were, uh, you know, really kind of, uh, I think it was really cool that, that you came to us and said, Hey, I've got this opportunity, but I want to let you guys down. And for us, it's exactly the same thing. Like we, we looked at it and, and thought, how could we ever say, no, man, you know, we need you to design these t-shirts instead of like going to get this treatment that could be potentially life, you know, life changing for you. Um, so I'm super happy to hear that you did feel that there was a, a strong effect there. Oh, super strong. I mean, heck, I, I left there. Uh, I got back what last weekend, I believe. So the 18th of August. <clears throat> and, uh, dude, I, I feel like way more confident. I have way more sense of like just direction and like time. I have an understanding of it all now and a good grasp on it. Um, definitely things that bothered me before. Like the other day I have a beater truck cause I'm downsizing my life. And, <clears throat> I was super stoked. I went to the uh, UPS store to drop off a package and I'm like, I'm going to park around the corner and like walk there and make a 90 degree turn. I feel like I was in dive school again, making my 90 degree turn on the water. I'm like, woohoo, look at me. I can turn. But it was super cool because I didn't have my phone out. You know, it's just, it sounds basic, but for me, this was like a big advance in like my current uh, status of life. And I get back in my truck and I pull forward. And I hear this like grinding sound. I'm like, what is that? And so I like try to like op check everything. I'm like, is it my, you know, is it my clutch? Like what's going on? I'm, I ended up uh, putting my brake on, getting outside, and my muffler's just on the ground. I'm like, oh, no. Well, that sucks. <laughs> and it, normally, it. old Cody would be like, oh, dang it, and like super pissed off and like call people and be like, this is stupid, and basically like, blame everything that's going on on something else or someone else and just get really pissed off. And I just laughed. I'm like, whatever. I'm just glad it's not my truck, right? It's just a st stupid muffler. It's something that could get fixed. So I'm down there like trying to kick it off. I'm like, I'm pulling out my knife, trying to like cut out like the rubber grommets. I'm like, dude, this is welded. You're stupid. You're not going to figure this out. <laughs> Thank God it was dry rotted. So I just ended up kicking it off and pulling it off, putting it back in my truck. And I'm like, the cool thing is my truck still sounded the same because apparently I had this like dry rot leak for a while. So like <laughs> the truck's performance and sound didn't change Equal, at all. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And uh, <clears throat> so not only that, not only did I hit that speed bump, I also like got on my phone and tried to find a muffler shop, you know, like I tried to make, started making phone calls. That's just stuff I would have like postponed till I got home, till I bitched about it more Then I would have put it off, you know, and it was so cool to kind of just like attack it how I saw it, you know, let's like kind of like buff out and know inside that everything is going to be fine. 
I'm cool. My truck's not in the middle of the road. Like no one's in danger right now. There's no reason to like freak out about the stuff. So I mean, shit, man. So the confidence, just like all those things have just really been super like zenful, you know, like I'm very, very appreciative. I'm, I'm in a better state of my life now than even when I was a high performer, I feel that I was, I mean, I always handle stress fairly well, but there's still times and things I could have always done differently and uh, a lot of coping mechanisms back then. But these past two years, this has definitely been the best, you know, two months of my life out of those, those past two years where I've really hit that rock bottom in the previous podcast that we did, uh, that we talked about. So <clears throat> super stoked. And, uh, but yeah, so softly internship is wrapping up and it's still sad. Um, but then I, I thought to myself, all this, I've had two years of reflection and like, kind of like analyzing like what I am, who I am. And I realized that whether I, and I'm getting out at 15 years, luckily I got to do this thing called Terra and actually, uh, do a 15 year retirement. So super stoked on that. Very, very, very fortunate. I'm definitely not, you know, going to downplay that, but I don't care if you've done like 15 years or 20 years. I found myself even thinking that I'm clear headed and clear minded that I have identified myself with the military. I have identified myself as a special operations dude. I had the ego, had the chest pounding. I had the go get it, go get it attitude, sacrifice everything else, get the job done, whether that's in training real world or just like administrative preparation. And then I look back at like, what was sacrificed? Not only my time was sacrificed, other dudes' times were sacrificed, families were sacrificed. And granted, you know, there's a part of, the, there's part of that job and that community that you just got to go all in. But there's also that time where you have to like do maintenance, just like a vehicle. You have to like make sure you're like taken care of. And all those opportunities that I had to take care of myself, I put them off. I'm trying to go to the selection. So I'm going to like not go to the the TBI clinic because I don't want them to find anything because I want a chance to, you know, get this package approved or I want to go to this course. So I'm not going to tell anyone I have this because I don't want that to keep me from it. And I think that's what a lot of guys find themselves at is just like putting things off. And the last minute is not the time to get your stuff checked out. So definitely being kind of like removed from the environment and uh, having the opportunity to like actually get those things kind of worked on. And, you know, I feel like I actually got to step ahead of the curb. And uh, <clears throat> really put things in perspective. And so my wife and I were talking, and what really drove home to me, we're like, okay, well, I'm gonna get this, I'm gonna get my VA plus my retirement. And we're like, man, I don't wanna be 70 years old and like get all the shit that I want then when I'm just decrepit and I can't enjoy it. And my wife, uh, she has this like fetish for like a G Wagon. I'm like, dude, let's do it. Let's get this G Wagon. We're gonna buy it. We're gonna go take a two month trip and just figure life out. We'll figure out where we're gonna move to, we'll move to, and then we'll just find jobs. You don't mean a Galanda wagon. You mean the like Mercedes G wagon. Yeah. Oh, she wants a G wagon. Yeah, dude. So does Cody Alfred have 75 G's in the bank? No, but my bank does. So <laughs> I put in a loan application and sure shit. They approved them like, dude, it's happening. We'll just use my retirement. We'll set that aside. I won't even look past it. We'll just get a job and make it happen. And then like a week later, she's like, what if you had seven years left to live? What would you want to do? And I told her straight up, I'm like, dude, I just want to travel around and take pictures of stuff. Like, I want to appreciate things. I just want to not have a responsibility in the world and just kind of like live on what the principles, or not the principles, but the the exploits I've been able to make over these past few months and like of appreciation and reflection. I want to go experience that. And she's like, so why aren't we? I'm like, dude, I need a job. Got to have money. She's like, no, we don't. I'm like, but we do. And then it made me think about it. Like, man, do I need to have a six figure salary job? I thought I did because that's what America tells you you have to. Society tells you you have to have a big house. The American dream is a big house, Hell a lot yeah. of money. Hell yeah. A bunch of toys. But then I think, <clears throat> I heard on the radio the day, like back in the day, like people worked their ass off to make a lot of money so they didn't have to work. I think now, especially with social media, right? Like everyone's cool and always grinding, you know, grinding and hustling. Um, they, have, they have whatever that is they wanted to achieve, but they're still going. And then when do they get to enjoy the stuff? Now, if it's what you enjoy, then go for it, right? But I'm like, man, why am I going to work my ass off to have a $75,000 car note outside that I'm going to spend two hours a day of my life and maybe that I'm really just paying for it to sit out in my driveway for the big ass house, which I haven't even used in my rooms in my old house. Thank God we sold it. And so I'm really just trying to like take it to the next level of just like appreciation. So we started to downsize all of our stuff, selling the shit that we don't need. I mean, I felt I'm a shoe snob. <laughs> I had like 40 pairs of shoes and John can, uh, John can appreciate that. Yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I like, started like downsizing, taking stuff to, like Plato's closet, what Plato's wouldn't buy, take it to Goodwill. 
and just find another home for it because I only have two feet. And then I thought to myself, like, man, my wife's like, okay, well, for this trip, you know, you're going to only bring so many clothes. I'm like, well, these are my favorite jeans, but I'm going to put those in storage because I don't, want, I don't want to screw them up. And then I thought about what I said. I'm like, screw that, dude. I want everything I have to be my favorite thing. So I want to wear my my super favorite Lululemon pants, you know, and I, I want to like just jack them up. I want, I want to buy a new pair of shoes because the ones that I have on my feet are just completely just destroyed and they, they're not serving a purpose anymore. So then we decided to take it a step further. And uh, she's like, instead of the G-Wagon, why don't we look into like maybe getting a van? Um, so we have a few friends that have done like the van life after they got out of the military. They traveled around for a few months and, you know, kind of like Journey, did what they wanted to do, appreciate things and go settle back down. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. And I wanted to inside a while back, but I didn't want to be like, oh, we're copying people. But it's, at the end of the day, who cares? Like, it's not about copying. If, if if walking on the sidewalk makes sense and not in the center of the road, like, then walk on the sidewalk. Like, you don't need to reinvent the wheel because life is full of things that are just out there that make sense. So there's no need to have to take a different approach to it. So we, I sadly <laughs> declined my $75,000 G-Wagon loan. That and was, I started. That was a good move. Yeah, good it was move. totally good. Solid, solid decision. Uh, yeah. That was fucking stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was like super tight. You could have that G Wagon, man. I know, right? And uh, so we looked at a van. So we ended up buying a Dodge ProMaster 2500. And uh, I mean, I think the the pinnacle of vans to like live out of is like the, the Mercedes Sprinter. However, I don't know too much about diesels. And I found a few that were used. I just, I didn't really feel comfortable. And they're kind of already built out to a certain spec that we just really didn't like. So we found this uh, <clears throat> off-grid vans uh, company in uh, Delaware. So I contacted them up. Long story short, it worked out. We got a conversion van. So we've been in the process the past month really just figuring out, okay, what we need, what we don't need, sell everything, and uh, we're going to move in our van. So the whole plan is to uh, come mid-September. We're going to take out out west, uh, hit about a two-month journey uh, to Utah, Utah, Montana area, head back to North Carolina for the holidays so our families have like a central hub to kind of go to and then take back off. And, but I had to catch myself because I'm like, dude, I want to do all these things. I want to I try this. I want to do this on this platform. And she's like, stop. She's like, you're getting ahead of yourself already. You know, the first ounce of freedom that you see, you're trying to exploit it with things. I'm like, that makes sense. Smart lady. She's, yeah, she's, man. she's super smart. So I'm really scared to not have responsibility but I think what we also confuse responsibility with is doing something. Responsibility is important to ourselves as it is items, things, people, places, and events, you know, and uh, I'm really excited to appreciate that aspect in life. I mean, we're, we're very fortunate to be able to retire, very fortunate to be able to receive, you know, some type of medical benefits, very fortunate enough to not have to work if we don't want to. Um, <clears throat> I think that there's a misconception what the average income is in America. You know, there's like what, maybe forty five, fifty five thousand dollars maybe nowadays, maybe a little bit more. But that's a lot of money. If you if you limit yourself to what you actually need in life, try to take a minimalist approach. I mean, you can literally do anything you want to and every time the military, man, it's like the scene like the the motor TK, like, man, I really wish I was a Marslock. I'm like, bro, why aren't try out for it? Well, I want to, but I have a I have a wife. I'm like, I have a wife. Man, I want to. I have two kids. I'm like, my buddy's got four, bro. You know, I didn't want to be that guy that have regrets. I want to make regrets. You know, I want to like, dude, everyone is like, man, I should eat that burger. But if you didn't eat that burger, you would have been craving that burger for a week and still complaining about it. And I don't want to complain about shit anymore. I want to go experience it and see what happens and kind of like see where it takes me. Absolutely, man. Well, yeah. you never heard anybody about anybody on their deathbed talking about the things that they did that they regretted. Like, I wish I hadn't have done this or I wish I hadn't have done that. It's always, man, I wish I'd said yes to this or I wish I'd said yes to that. And it's yeah. never. The only things that people do that they regret, I think, are self-destructive behavior. Right? Well, sure. sure. Right. right. So, you know, as long as you're not moving in that direction, then, yeah, you got a whole adventure in front of you, man. And as much as you, you know, plan it out, things or places to go, I bet week one into the trip, it's going to be, looking a lot different than you think it, it is, you know, from, from day zero. So absolutely. I'm pretty excited, man. I mean, you're doing what a lot of people sit around and, and dream about doing. And it's pretty fucking rad that you're actually pulling the trigger on it. I'm super excited for you. See, that's the thing though. I mean, like die living is more than just a, a, a silly thing on a sticker. It, it is truly the, the ethos and mantra that, you know, obviously softly believes in and lives by 
But then like, how can I, how can I back and support such a great corporation or assume a great company, but not believe it myself. And I've always believed it. Yeah. And it's always easy to tell people to, to do the best in themselves, like do the best, uh, whatever they can do. But it's one thing to, like you say, is to just do it, do it for you. We can all yeah. give advice. Well, another, take it. another thing too, um, you know, Brian made a video, I don't know, nine months ago, maybe, you know, 12 months ago. Um, and a lot of the, the point of the video was, I mean, it was kind of a hype video, but a lot of what it was talking about was, Hey, you know, like there's no day like today, let's, you know, go out there and, and seize the day. And a lot of the footage in the video was, uh, like some of the base jumper guys that, you know, we're friends with that send us footage and stuff. And a lot of the comments in the video were like, yeah, I'll just quit my job and become a base jumper. Like these guys, dude, these guys don't do this full time. Right. You know, like no, none of the people that that we work with uh, in the content creation capacity, none of those people are are making their living, you know, like base jumping or like mountain biking or trail running. You know, all these people have real jobs. They're not independently wealthy. And some of them have kids. Some of them are married. You know, they're not all just, uh, you know, single dudes or people that are retired or whatever. Um and they make it work. And it's really just a question of, you know, what are your priorities? What are your family's priorities? And I think, you know, the the only real limitations that come in are when you really have to deal with someone else's unfortunate problems. You know, like, do you have a family member that's like really ill? You know, do you, are you, you know, are you in some kind of like serious financial bind? Do you, do you either your poor decisions or something that, was an unfortunate circumstance that like really ties you down. Um, and I think, you know, most people are fortunate enough that they don't have to deal with that kind of thing. And if you don't, it's really just a question of priorities. You know, what priority are you going to put on what you want to do? So it's cool to see you doing that, man. Yeah, man. I, I applaud you. You know, I mean, obviously I wasn't in the military for nearly as long as you, but um, I did exactly what you were saying in terms of racing straight from the military um, you know, literally across the country, you know, still on terminal leave and started my next job, you know, cause it was like, just like you said, it wasn't because like, this is what I'm really into. And this is the, it was the, to appease this sense of responsibility, like, Oh, I'm leaving the military. Like I, and, and at the time I had no kids, you know, um, had some, had some money saved up, you know, certainly could have, uh, anyway, I'm stoked for you, man. I think you're doing it right. I think it's a, a great move to skip the G wagon and, and get the van and, uh, take that time to, um, you know, I mean, you, you've, you've lived a lot of life, I would imagine in the last 15 years and finally take the time to hit the brakes and let some of that stuff assimilate and process it. And I think it's a great move, man. Um, yeah. Well, I, and I know why, you know, it can be super scary. You know, the, one of the people, <clears throat> the military creates, especially special operations creates the illusion of autonomy, Right. Like at the end of the day, like people are like, oh yeah, I chose to do this, so I chose to do that. Like you didn't choose to do shit all fuck all, man. You you were have a mission. Everything is like driving towards that mission. So even in O, you weren't given like micro tasks to do that day. Like everything is an implied task moving forward towards like a greater goal, whether it's going and winning a battle or going to a school or improving your career or something like that. And so there's this constant momentum underlying your life that gives you purpose and sense of direction. And removing that is scary. You know, one of the most difficult things to do is figure out what you want to be when you grow up or what you want to do with your time or what's important to you. And it's really cool that you've been able to take some time and at least in the short to midterm figure out what that is, you know, but it's, it's, it's hard getting up in the morning and not knowing like there's no one, no one, the only person that's relying on me is my spouse. She's right there, you know, I don't have to do anything today. So what am I going to do? What am I going to proactively choose to do with my time since there's no little devil or angel like in the corner, you know, the, the elf on the shelf of the military that's looking out and, you know, going to make judgments or decisions for me. So it's hard, but it's <coughs> awesome too, man. That's that's what freedom is all about, right? You know, the, abil- the ability to make those, those mistakes and decisions for yourself. Yeah. Well, it comes with the fear of the unknown. And that's, I think, the biggest thing is that even if we're leaving a situation that we don't like or that we're eager to get over with, um, the unknown, as appealing as it may be, is still unknown. 
And I think the unknown is like inherently scary. Oh, for because sure. It, because we don't know what it is. Well, think about um, all the people that leave bad jobs or stay in bad relationships or all that sort of stuff just yeah. simply because yeah. the the alternative is more frightening than the reality of their current situation. So I applaud you for that, man. Yeah. Super rad. I mean, <clears throat> we talked about it. I mean, we, we might make it two months. We might not even make it two weeks. Sure. But the thing is, it's like it's – the scariest thing for people is I think people are so scared to like, don't quit. You're, you're a wuss or, you know, they're so scared to fail. They're, they're, they're scared to try. So the, the fear of the unknown is keeping people from doing what they want to do in life. And I think social media, especially in the tactical industry has skewed people's minds so far. Like now for the first time ever, like people can actually see like pictures of these people in these spooky units that don't exist or, you know, special operations, the, the military, the, the infantry man with the machine gun. Like they, they can see this, like, Oh, I want to be that. But then they hear it's hard. I'm like, well, I can't do that because they're so in their face now or they're Timmy, Timmy on social media, he's doing this so I can do this. So they try, but they just go into it thinking they're just going to be giving it to them, right? Because a picture means you can have that, right? I, I see that house in the picture. I want to I want to spend money. I want to buy that house, right? But sometimes it doesn't always work out that way. And, you know, I watched this movie uh, a couple of weeks back and it, it put a lot of things in perspective for me. Um, <clears throat> what movie was it? It's actually a comedy. It's called The Holy Man with Eddie Murphy. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you watch it. But once again, I mean, all this talk that I'm like jabbering about right now, it's about a mindset. Like if your mind's not ready to hear and receive this message, that's okay. But it's not for everybody. You know, we all have different phase lines in life that we're ready to accept and receive and reflect. But uh, it's not going to always happen like right when you want it, but it takes time and you can get there. But in this movie, he talks about, it's really about appreciation, right? And he breaks it down. He's like the average life, the, the average uh, age of death is 70 years old. That's 70 spring, winters, falls, summers. That's 70. If you gave me $70 right now, I looked at my hand. I'm like, that's 70 bucks. 70 bucks takes you and like a half a person out for dinner nowadays. It's not much. I'm 33. I've already used 33 of those $70. I only have so many more left. And when I start getting down to like those $15 left, $20 left, I had to look at my life and be like, can I function? Can I, can I enjoy? Can I appreciate? And I think people are just so scared. Like, well, I gotta, I gotta stay in this relationship because <clears throat> I got three kids and I'm going to wait till they graduate so I don't have to, or they're 18. So I don't have to pay alimony. I'm like, dude, that alimony might be the best decision you ever make in life because solid investment, yeah. that's like six more years. Potentially you have to wait till they're 18. So you can save a few bucks because you view life in a monetary form where you could be happy. Your spouse could be happy. Your kids could be happy because if you're going to get a divorce, they're still going to be like going through that type of situation in life. And, uh, I mean, that's just one, that's just like one uh, analogy of it, but I don't want to wait. I want to, I don't want it all now. I want to work for it, but working for it has to be working on myself and I need to re-identify who I am and I'm me, you know, I, I'm not what I was, what I did. And I think a lot of people, uh, view themselves as that. And one thing I've always told the dudes I work with is the man makes the job. The job does not make the man. And, you know, I was in special operations. I am not special operations. I was a Marine. I am not the Marine. I'm not a Marine. I am Cody Alford. I, I served in the Marine Corps. I'm super proud. I want to change anything I've done over the past 15 years. Uh, I relive it all over again, even the, the good, bads, and the uglies. <clears throat> but I mean, it's it's that type of reflection that is super scary. I mean, people want to like fall, they want to use a scapegoat or a crutch to fall back on, but the only thing you have is now. The only thing you have is your own life and your time. And we're so worried about everything else in the world. We're so worried about all the hate crimes, the the silly news stuff, or the president wants to do X, Y, Z. Like, who cares? Like, control your own universe before you can like actually go out and try to influence, not control, but influence others. And that's what my wife and I are trying to do is, you know what, take a stand and, and hopefully along the line, I can find a way to, you know, not just impact vets, because I think that's such a cliche thing nowadays is the vet community. That's the time. I mean, we talked about it, Brian, like that's, that's still yet another toxic environment. I mean, one of the saddest things is uh, when you transition, SOCOM has a, a transition specialist and they tell you to sign up for a LinkedIn account. Well, I don't know about you guys. 
But you put, you know, X filling from the military on LinkedIn and you just get bombarded with like, hey, come work for this company. Like, hey, do you still have a top secret clearance? Or hey, did you serve more than four years? Here's all this money we'll give you to go to X, X country. There's no like, hey, you want to go make gummy bears at the factory? Or hey, here's a Johnson Johnson. You can like be the next like cover model. Like there's, there's none of those job opportunities. So people will see that and it's like, man, they haven't had time to reflect on themselves and they just go right into it. Kind of like you talked about, John. I ran into a buddy of mine who... Uh, Recently, he's still on terminal. And he's working already. And I talked to him yesterday. I told him what my plan was. He's like, dude, maybe I should have, maybe I should have <laughs> took some time off. And he's already yeah. like stuck into a contract. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, they're not only stuck into a contract, they're stuck, they're stuck in the same environment that they left. And you don't have to like hate your job, but like there's those stressors that, that exist that, are just not healthy for you. And when you look at life as your life, right? No matter how good I treat a company or I treat this business, it means nothing when I'm dead. And once you look at the aspect like newsflash everyone and all the listeners, like we're all going to die one day. It is inevitable fact. And when you do the back planning from that and analyzation of your life, like what's more important? Grinding out for all this money that you're just gonna be miserable about, man, I gotta go to work again. Like screw that, dude. If it's not like I get to go to work, that's the, you know that's the mindset to have. I get to go to work. I get to go out with my kids. I get to go on this vacation day. Not like I have to do stuff. If if I have to is in your thought process, and it's you know it's might might be the wrong venue for you. But like I said, it's a it's a very touchy. It's almost like religion. It's a very touchy topic topic that not everyone's ready to hear. Well, yeah, I mean, well, it, it causes a lot of dissonance, right? I mean, you're, you're yeah. saying some stuff that I, I agree with 100, percent but. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are, that are wrapped around that idea that have, have, have a lot vested in it and the idea that that's, that's what being responsible looks like. And, you know, and, and just to clarify, you know, I think we're on the same page, but you know, you're, you're not saying like, Hey, you just wake up and do exactly what you want to do. Like we all recognize that, Hey, there's, you know, there's still hard work that has to be put in, right? There's yes. still, there's still goals. There's still accomplishments. We're not, we're not saying like, Hey, everybody just wake up and fuck off all day. Right. Right. Absolutely. You're just saying, Hey, take some time in transitional phases in particular, you know, take some time, have some reflection, live some life, make sure you know what you're, you know, you're making a, cause it is your life. You don't get that time back. Right. So before, if you have the luxury or you, you've worked for the, you've earned, not a luxury, you've earned the right, you've earned um, the free time to, to take this time in your life right now before you, you know, jump right into the next phase of your life. That's a huge decision. You're just taking some time to assimilate that and, and make that decision. Well, take, so, and there's nothing wrong with fucking off all day, right? right? The, the, what happens is people don't make a proactive decision to do anything. And so they end up fucking off all day. If that's your decision is to like, Hey man, right. in the pursuit of what I want, both sure, short, medium and long term, today right is a good fuck off day. Right. That's what I want to do. Just and that's a, totally fine. But if you let, Life capture, you know, if you let the the act of indecision put you in that situation where all you're doing is playing video by games default, yeah. by default, yeah. then that's that's the problem. And what you talked about with kind of like <clears throat> to sum up with the dissonance thing, people don't want to believe that they want a paint by numbers life. You know, they don't no one believes that about themselves. Sort of like no one believes they're a bad person, right? Like you know, no one, no one is like, oh yeah, I'm a jerk. I'm an asshole. I'm, I'm, I, I don't look out for people. Like no one believes that about themselves, even if they are those people. And it's the same thing with life. No one believes like, oh, I'm completely uncreative with the life choices I've made. I've every decision that's ever been made for made in my life was made by someone else. You know, whether it's, well, my guidance counselor told me I need to go to college. Oh, this, this person told me that I probably end up as an engineer Okay, so I chose engineering. Oh, that my boss at my engineering job told me to do this, this, and this. I worked 40 years and made a pension, and then I had no idea what to do with my life. I, I fished during that time because my buddies told me that I should probably do fishing because we live near this river. Like, nothing about your life was a decision that you made proactively. No one wants to believe that's true about their own lives, but it is true for many people. And it's extraordinarily scary to wrestle that con just control back. And so you don't have to be unproductive and you certainly don't have to be a criminal or a deviant or anything like that. It's not what freedom is all about, but it's really, really scary for most people. And it's countercultural. You know, people like, hey, man, you're supposed to have this trajectory of life. That's what we're all doing. We're painting the same picture, using the same colors. And if you start deviating from the lines, other people look at you and say, 
what are you doing living in a yeah. van I down by the river? Yeah, <laughs> there's a difference between fucking off and like truly reflecting and kind of finding your path. And I think those two things like often get inter intermingled or mixed up. Yeah. You know, uh, the Brad Pitt on the couch and true romance yeah. is not the same as saying, hey, I'm going to take two weeks or two months or two years and continue in this direction. Like one of those things has momentum and purpose behind it, even if the goal is not necessarily completely known. Yeah. And the other one is a lack of both of those things, sure. a lack of momentum. It's just stasis. Well, and, and that's what I'm, that's, I guess, is my point is that momentum, everybody has some momentum in their life that is a productive member of society, whether that is momentum to have children or momentum to do this or to perform at your job and, and, or to take this trip or whatever. Everybody has goals. The question is, is are those goals your own goals or are they goals that you have just been, you're just going along with the queue, you know? And it's cool when you meet people like the, like the Wonder Twins, you know, the guys that we talk base jumping, like they have, go they're like, man, this is what I want out of my life. I want to spend time in Chamonix and Kuala Lumpur and base jump all over the world and do cool stuff. And so they've prioritized their life to make that happen. But um, I don't think they know we call them the Wonder Twins. So oh, damn it. That might be. Hey, Chris and Zach. <laughs> we love you guys. Hi. Yeah. Well, they are, man. It's freaking awesome. Like, they're always out doing super cool stuff. Yeah, I don't it. mean in a derogatory way. No, right? no. Um, but, yeah, it's really neat to see. That's kind of the whole die living mantra, right? Is, like, get out there and create your own path, whatever right. it is, and uh, push forward in that regard. But creating that momentum in yourself internally right. is ultra, ultra hard. Right, and I it, think I think, you know, Back to what Cody was talking about before, I think the tough question that Cody's asking himself that a lot of people skip over, that I skipped over, is this next phase of my life, and, and what you're, I feel like you're alluding to too, wh why am I making this decision? Am I, am I appeasing anxiety? Am I appeasing the societal idea that like I need to be responsible or I need to be doing something, you know, or am I sitting back and doing this, you know, not, not for me in a selfish way, but, you know, am I being, am I, am I, Am I making a directive? Am I being um, purposeful? You know, because like I said, when I transitioned, it, it it wasn't. It was oh, here's this random job doing this contract work with my security clearance, and the responsible, productive thing to do in life, you know, is to is to be on terminal leave and drive cross country right now and start on Monday because that's what winners do, right? I I don't I don't take time off. You know, I don't. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go wander the earth or and it was it, it it was. It wasn't out of a sense of a accomplishment or because I was so stoked to start. I didn't even know what the damn job was, you know? It was, so it'd be different if it was like, oh, man, I got this all lined up and I'm passionate about this, this is what I want to do. Damn right. Rush across country and start it, right? But, you know, I, 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 that wasn't the reason, you know? It we've was, all seen people. It was, that, I'm leaving the military. I got to be doing something. We've all seen people you know? that are like serial monogamous, right? Like that jump from relationship to relationship with no dead time in the middle. And they never learn how to be happy single. They never learn how to be happy like by themselves because they never have in their adult life. It's like I'm in, exiting this relationship. Oh, my God, being by myself and alone is ultra scary and frightening, and I've never done that before. So I need to like immediately line up that next relationship and have that sense of like purpose in my life, like the sense of co-relationship status. And people treat their jobs the same way. You know, obviously there's a financial component. You can't just like not work or not make money unless you want to live in a way that you can financially support with your previous thing. But people like not having that thing to get up for in the morning, you know, not, not having that eight o'clock showtime. And if you're late, your boss is going to do it is like really hard for a lot of people to deal with. You know, and they've never learned how to be single, quote unquote, like in a, in a professional sense. You know? well, yeah, we all get conditioned to stimulus, right? I mean, we're, we're animals at the end of the day too, like Pav Pavlov's yeah. dogs, you know, eight o'clock, you're up. Oh, better be doing something. Yep. You know, so. totally, man. So Cody, what, I mean, where's the first place you guys are going to go? Do you know? So the first place we're going to head out to is uh, Utah, uh, start basically start at the, the North and work our way down and, um, do you have specific places you want to go or not really just kind of like figured out like the Zion mountains out there, right? The, or the park. Yeah. The, I think there's 13 national parks maybe, or maybe it's a combination of national parks and national forests in Utah. But I know it's like one of the, the most densely, you know, pop, I don't know, populated 
one of the the greatest percentages of public land or you know number of uh, public land spaces in the country. So we're we're definitely doing that. My wife has done a little bit more research than I have. I mean, these past few weeks I've been super. Uh, I'd say it's stressed with the, uh, it's almost, it's, it's harder to get out of the military than it is to get in. <laughs> and, uh, they're like, here's all this paperwork. Don't, just don't fuck it up. That's your pay. I'm like, but I don't know how to fill out this like a stopo <laughs> form that everything says sign here. But who, am I the member, the guest, the supervisor? Like, what am I? Um, but I tell you what, man, one of my, one of the first things that I want to do, and I'm so excited to do this. And so I, during, uh, during my college, I did a book review on this book called The Alchemist, and mm-hmm. if you Great haven't, yeah. if you have not read The Alchemist, I highly recommend it. And I do not read books. I, I come up with excuses why I can't. I come up with just all sorts of things. But however, I read this book, and I was hesitant at first. And when I started to read it, I just couldn't put it down. And that was the first, that was the first like eye-opening experience that I've had in my current adult life that really changed the perception of of how I looked at things. So one of my first goals to do is I want to go in the mountains with my book. And I told my wife, I'm doing it without you. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to read this book. and I'm not going to come out until I finish it. No, I'm only saying that because I read the book and I understand that I can like knock it out fairly quickly. Yeah. But I want to do that. I want to not worry about, man, I have to, I got to get on the computer real fast to do this first. Or I have to go be here real fast to do this. I won't have anything to do. I'm just going to sit out, listen to nature soak up some sun maybe some rain who cares i I don't care cody david thoreau (laughs) that's right but i'm going to read this book man and i want to walk out just with the same change that it gave me reading that book you know as i'm like drugged out and provisional and adderall just like you know (laughs) trying to stay awake in life i wanted it to give me the same effect but just in a a more clear head in a clear state of mind and I'm super excited about that. That's um, fantastic, man. Yeah. I'm super, exci- super excited for you, man, just hearing you talk about it. I dude, it gives me goosebumps, Me too, dude. Yeah. I fucking love it. And the thing is, I've, <laughs> talked, I've talked to those, these people, the people that work, a lot of them civilians that, you know, retired, you know, almost some of them 30 years, and they, they worked right back for the system. And there's one dude in particular that I, I talked to the other day. I'm like, yo, bro, have you ever read this book? And he's like, yeah, I have two copies of it. And I'm like, Whoa. Why did I take so long to ask this guy who I thought was just like a one of those dudes, right? Who's like he couldn't let the military go, so he had to come right back to it. I mean, it turns out this dude loves what he does. He loves interacting with the military. He loves he loves the grind. He loves working. But he also makes plenty of time for himself. He's he's a big motorcycle dude. And he he loves riding Sturges and all this type of stuff. But when he told me, like, yeah, man, that book is great. We ha- we kind of shared that type of like journey, like mental journey together. I'm like wow. I'm like, it just changed my perception again on people. So I want to, I want to kind of roll back a little bit in this conversation. We're talking about like, yes, I am taking that leap of the unknown, right? With no responsibilities. But what's more important is let's say you're, I'll use the military for an example. Let's say you're that, that new Marine, that new insert, you know, insert X, you know, part of the branch of services and you have four years left in your current contract. Doesn't mean you can't die living now. It doesn't have to be, life doesn't have to be not doing anything and just doing your own thing because sometimes it's not healthy for people. Right. But it can be finding those times to do you within whatever work environment. So if, if you hate work, but you know you're stuck with it, you're signed up for a contract or X, Y, or Z, maybe you work on reflection and when you come home, you, you, leave, work at, you leave work at work and home is for home. Maybe you turn your phone on silent. Maybe you don't take the phone to the bathroom with you and troll on Instagram and just look at all these other people's beautiful, perfect lives that they're portraying to you that's really screwing with your head. Maybe you don't just troll on Amazon and put all this bullshit, these, these things you think you need in your cart. Maybe you just go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. You know, maybe you just go home to be at home with your loved ones. And I think that right there is freedom that we, we, we forget. I know I forgot that. And, uh, so for all the listeners, it's definitely not like giving up everything, selling all your shit off and just like going out to the unknown. It's, it's just finding peace with what you have yeah. and what you have to work with. And I think we really, really tend to forget that at times. Yeah. And well, I, th- I think, sorry, I was just going to say people get tricked into dreaming the wrong dream. You know, they look at this Instagram or whatever, you know, a lot of times people are like, well, I'm just going to make a lot of money. You know, well, what are you going to do with the money? 
well, I'm going to like get a yacht and I'm going to like cruise around the Mediterranean with like a bunch of supermodels and all sort of stuff. It's like, that actually does sound pretty good. It does sound, <laughs> it sounds amazing, but it's not plausible, right? Like you're not like, it's not plausible for you. Like, so what really do you like? What, what is the legitimate thing that would make you happy that isn't Leonardo DiCaprio? Like it isn't the point zero 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 one percent Like what's, what's, attainable for you setting realistic goals and having realistic dreams is important now your dreams can be extremely outlandish but just you know the the figuring out what to do with yourself and your spare time is difficult for a lot of people to do you know there's a lot of people that retire from long jobs that have no idea what to do next you know and you've had six a big killer man well you've had 65 70 years to figure it out man yeah. Like, what the fuck are you, you going to do? My uncle at the marina was a perfect example of that. He had all the time in the world. And he just, he, I think people get so, like we talked about, transition is scary, right? And he got to him that ne that next phase of his life, he couldn't picture it. So it was like stepping off, you know, he knows something's there, but it's like stepping off a, a, into a black hole. You don't know what it is until you, until you, you, you manifest enough courage to do it. And he could, he, he failed to be able to accurately perceive and picture what he wanted to be able to manifest what that destiny would look like. And I think that's what's great about what Corey's doing. It's a perfect time to do this. Hey, before I step into Cody. this. Cody. Damn it, John. What did I say? Corey. 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 <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. He I looks like a Corey. Dude, we got to put him on like a Goonies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what Big Code is doing right now is, is taking the time, right? You know, because, you know, the way you picture it is a big part of how that reality is going to turn out. You know, so I think it's, you know, there's times to, to take a time out. I think it's the, a perfectly um, acceptable, more than acceptable. It's an ideal. It's the responsible thing to do. Isn't it? Why it might feel like the responsible thing to do is rush into the next career, rush into the next source of income. Right. And only to do what happened to me like two years into it, be like, how the hell did I get here? And yeah, I'm making good money and I got these benefits and all this shit, but I'm, I'm miserable because this wasn't this wasn't attached to any kind of passion or any kind of direction or any type of wasn't, it didn't result from a point of me picturing it turning out this way. I just rushed right into it. And the so. funny thing is like life, like the answers for life is, is right there in front of you. The writing is on the wall every day. Everything I mean, you need is right around you, right? Everything. Yeah. Right. And, but the answers are there, right? The positive answers are there. The inf positive influencers are there. I mean, you read, you read about all the time. You watch the YouTube channels all the time or the Instagrams all the time. Like, I'm X person. I was doing X job, making great money. And I just said, no, no more. No more because it's consuming my life. It's consuming my $70 that I have. And I'm not happy about it. You know, that's those 70 years, $70. And, but, but you see it, but you're like, oh man, that's just them. Well, you know, they're, they're living, you know, they're living and uh, they're not working. They're, they're bums. Like, are they? They're happy. They realize they, they stop letting the consumer market like consume them mm -hmm. and they stop letting pro uh, objects and products consume their lives and they decided to figure out what is important in life. Well, at the, the, the core motivation for most people is the sense of creating value, whether it's for yourself or for others. And materialism and the things you're describing can add that value for you. You know, it's like, well, you know, these are things of value that I can possess that will give me sort of this intrinsic value via osmosis. It's an illusion, but that's that's kind of the way the brain, brain seems to process it. But, you know, you look at a lot of people that, like especially veterans, that that is what defined their lives was this time where they felt they were creating a lot of value. You know, and, as, and being part of something bigger as, than yeah, themselves. Yeah, exactly. Right? But they were creating value for themselves. They were making themselves proud of what they were doing. They were creating value for the country. They were creating value for the team that they were on. They were an important person. And then they, they don't find something later that gives them a sense of value. And so they define their lives by that thing that they did that created the value, at least to them. You know, so that's, that's what, who they are for the rest of their lives, kind of like what you were talking about before. Like, I'm Cody Alford. I'm, I am an A Marine, but I'm not the Marine. And I'm not Cody Alford master sergeant retired you know that's not my whole identity. my whole persona and identity um and that's because you're the sort of person and you're taking very proactive steps to try to create value for yourself and for your life going forward 
you know, and in, in, in the military, they talk a lot about, you know, it's not about what you did yesterday. It's about what you can do for me right now. Um, and that's an important mindset to have is like, who gives a shit what you did last, who gives a shit about the game you won last week? Like you need to still have that forward momentum, but those, you know, the senses of, uh, those transitions that it creates that negative draw, you know, like it, it sucks that momentum back and you've constantly got to be leaning forward and that's important. But, um, I feel sad though, when I see people that, you know, wh- whether it's military or something else, you know, their high school football jersey or something, and you're like, man, like what? You need to think really long and hard about like making yourself happy in the moment now by doing things that are going to create value. You're living in the past, Walter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's hard not to, you know? Uh, yeah, definitely, it's, it's man. Dang- it's, a, it's a easy trap to fall into, right? Yeah, For sure. Even when I was like, going through like this, like these past years of like speed bumps, <clears throat> my wife was always like, dude, you're so happy when you talk about what you did. You're, you're so happy about the things that you accomplished. She's like, but what are you happy about with now? And dude, I went these past few years. I, have, I haven't said like a positive thing about myself. I do now, but I was like, man, I'm, I don't know. Even with bodybuilding, I was like my first show. I did that to get over anxiety and depression. And just like most people, I went right back into it, another show or another prep for a show thinking I was going to get the same effect. And I didn't. I was constantly like, man, you're getting too, you're, you're getting too small. Well, no shit. I'm, I'm losing weight. I'm losing fat. Or you're, you're not big enough. I was just never good enough. And I'm like, but, but I felt so good about myself on my first show. It's like the job, man. I felt so good being part of a team. I had to go back to another team. But like something has to change. I mean, one of the soft truths is quality over quantity. But even in service, we look past that. But like I said, the writing is on the wall. Some people have figured it out. And it's not like they figured it out. They just, they have put the message out there. It's, it's really for you to, to take it, you know, manipulate if you want to or not, but just at least identify it. And it is so scary to do. And it, it's so sad and unfortunate because there's people just don't want to be happy, I think, at times. And because happiness is a scary thing. Happiness might be doing the, the non-normal thing. Happiness might be buying the pair of shoes that look freaky, like my peyote shoes. <laughs> like I love those joints. Yeah, man. But like people are like, man, those are stupid. Why are they stupid? Because you don't have them? Because they're not they're not your tactical boots. They're not your your thing. But yet most people would hear that they're stupid and never wear them again in public. Why? It's your it's your money. It's your milk money. You spend it how you want to, but well, we're willing to change it's, it. It's like the, the paint by another numbers analogy I use, man. You know, if you spend a lot of your time trying to get that perfect, make sure every color is in the right box in the right color, you judge other people that aren't doing that. You know, you look at what they're doing and say, well, man, that's that's not what I'm doing. That's different. Well, Therefore, it must be fucked up. Well, you know? Yeah. Con- conformity, you know, creates... Uh, an illusion of comfort, right? So when you, you you go off to do your own thing, man, that that creates dissonance. You know, everybody's heading in the same direction, and they're all walking that way, and they're like, yeah. And then big code, you know, doesn't about face, and it's like, nah, that's cool. You guys do your thing. I'm going. People, well, but why, dude, you man? Know? But but why, Cody? Dude, on Instagram, like people, <clears throat> I love Instagram for now. I love it more than I did when I first got into the whole Instagram a few years back. I love it now because you can impact people and you can choose how you want to impact them, uh, you know, with a positive message, just a positive outlook perspective on things. And that's why I appreciate Instagram and social media. I definitely think social media was designed for a positive view. Now it's kind of corrupt and we kind of like manipulate how we want to, but I decided to use mine for something that's greater than myself. A lot of people know I'm in the military, but when they find out that I'm an E8, I've been an E8 for three years, man. Like people are like, you're, you're a master. Why aren't, why aren't you acting like a douchebag? It's just a job, man. And people are like, you're getting out at 15 years. Why? Why don't you just suck it up? I'm like, because I can't do my job anymore. It's, yeah. okay. it's okay. Or they're like, dude, just just suck it up. We all have problems. I'm like, but that's it. You're grouchy every day you come into work. And for the first time, I'm actually happy because I see it. I see something bigger than myself. And that's called this freedom, this life that I have put on the back burner for so long. I've already spent 33 of my dollars. 33. I don't know math that well, but I definitely don't have $70 left. I'm going to take advantage of every fucking penny that forms a damn dollar for the rest of my life. And uh, 
but it, but it's it's so scary. I mean, I was in Walmart the other day, and I mean, you see, like I said, the writing is on the wall. Conformity is just in front of you every day. How many people have been to Walmart? Walmart's a fucking battlefield as it is. But you know, like there's like these aisles, right? There's like the one aisle and there's like a median in the center, right? So people walk heading one way on the right side and the other way, you know, heading a certain way on the left side. This makes sense. But there's always that one person that's on their phone, just clogging up the, you know, clogging up the road and everyone just starts cutting their pace and walking very slowly behind the person. The whole time, the other aisle is completely free and open. But it's not normal to go that route. It's not normal to defy the norm and go a different path. And when you do that, people, like you said, John, they just look at you weird. And But that's okay because it's my life. And I'm not going to just sit here and like chop my steps because that's what society told me to do. Newsflash also, there's no signs posted up in Walmart that says you have to walk this direction in this aisle. That's why it's complete pandemonium. But if you look at something so simple like that, next time you go to the grocery store, instead of just waiting and complaining like, man, why is that fat person in the way? Why, why are those kids just running around? Just walk around them. Do something about it. You are in control. When you walk into Walmart, you don't sign a waiver that says, I give you control of my life. I just want to buy your products. That's it. But so it's, it's owning your own fucking area of operations, paving your own path and not just going with the flow because, you know, in special operations and in most communities, they tell you, just be the gray man. Don't stick out, bro. I'm covered in head to toe in tattoos. I'm 240 pounds and I smile a lot and I give hugs. I've never been <laughs> good the, ones. Yeah. I've never been the gray man in my life and I paid for it a lot. Um, but I mean, it didn't hold me up, dude. You know, I mean, the youngest E8 ever in the Marine Corps. What? What? I'm the youngest E8 in the Marine Corps at the time. I've been, like I said, I've been an E8 for three years. So I picked up at 11 and a half years and that was unheard of in the Marine Corps. What really put in perspective in the military and not dogging the military because the military is a great institution and I highly recommend it for people who want to better themselves or just try something different in life. I mean, whatever, right? So do it or don't do it. But I was a company operations chief. So I was in charge of four special operations team and, and the comrade of the Marine Corps came down and we had to do this thing. The military loves doing these. It's called a dog and pony show. So basically like a VP, a VIP visit. And my company was the next rotation to go out to, uh, to Iraq. And uh, they're like, hey, I need you to put this full spread display on. I'm like, okay, cool. Boom, boom, boom. My guys and gals are like banging it out, getting it all set up. And they're like, hey, Cody, we're going to like, we're going to have you sit this one out. I'm like, the fuck? They're like, yeah, man. The, uh, the commandant doesn't really like tattoos and we're going to have this other guy fill in for you. And that's when I realized, I mean, shit, all the sacrifices that I made, the divorce I went through, the fucking time away from my family, the time away from friends, the sacrificing of friends, sacrificing of my life. That's when I realized I meant nothing to the institution. Doesn't mean I hate the military. Doesn't mean I hate the institution. It just realized that boom. <laughs> the, the the wheel will always keep on spinning and it was more important to alter the reality of your unit for the general than to show him the reality of the unit and it was the saddest thing it's not like cody you know like no one at work ever told me like hey dude you f you fucking made it dude like you could be the next leader of this organization every meeting i ever sat on i was never the dude that like we need this guy to be a you know charge of you know marsock one day or stuff like that like i was never ever talk to in that perspective. And I talked to these leaders afterwards. I'm like, bro, you understand that I have, if I, if, if I live and survive, I have like eight potentially 18 years left of service to serve 30 years, 18 years left of service to make it to the top and make this institution a better place. And not once has my name ever been mentioned. And so these past two years when I've been going through this like medical board process and like, holy shit, man, like I just, I can't do this job anymore. Like all these other things kind of like been identified. I still felt bad for leaving, but then I'm like, what am I leaving? I'm, I'm leaving a system and an institution that they might remember my name. I mean, hopefully I rubbed off, you know, on a positive vibe for people, but it's still going to be the Marine Corps. It's still going to be the, the unit that I came from. It's still going to like continue to push forward and do great things. But when I, when you identify yourself in the, with the, the analogy or the conversation just said, like you realize how small you are in the spec of everything. And that type of happiness, that type of like self-respect, like I know my worth. I mean, they might not see it. They, you know, no one may ever see it, but my time is, my time is valuable. 
And um, so all you can do when, when shit like that happens in life, I think a lot of that stuff, people see those instances and they just kind of like stop what they're doing in life. And they're like, oh, well, I, I feel bad for myself now. Fuck that, man. I still did my job well. I still took care of dudes. And I still kept on pushing forward until my, my body did not physically let me push forward anymore. Uh, so like I so said, there's no bad taste with the military or the service, it's, but it's just, that's the only life experience that I can share because that's been my past 15 years. I spent $15. Dude, it's awesome that you're looking forward now, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So people want to follow your adventures out there. Like what's, uh, what's the best way for us to keep track of you, man, as you, you literally move into the gray wide open. So prematurely, my wife and I started like an Instagram page called um, Beyond uh, Life Beyond the Horizon, and uh, I'm like, man, but this I don't want it to be just van life, right? Because van life exists. I want to share stuff, but I don't want to share like, hey, dude, I'm living in a van because that's it's been done. It's walking on the right side of the road. Like, ah, oh, that's just not me. So that might go away. Um, my Instagram page, which would be posted up on, is the Cody Alford, the dot Cody dot Alford. And because uh, my old one was stolen by some freak, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We're not going to get angry about that. We're not going to get angry. <laughs> Only but, the things I can control. Only the things I can control. <laughs> but uh, I actually do plan on uh, starting up a YouTube channel. And what I think is more important, I try to analyze my life. I'm like, what am I an expert at? You know, <clears throat> yeah, I've been a CQB instructor. I've been a sniper ever since I've been in the military. Like, I, I still don't think to this day I could be an expert at that. There's plenty of like hard, you know, super solid dudes and gals that are like, they're the expert. That's all they have in life or that's all they really, really, really love. And you know, there's, o there's always room for debate in that type of domain. So then I broke it down the next level. Like what am I pro at? And I said myself. So <clears throat> one thing I want to do is just like offer that medium, offer that scapegoat. I don't mind being anyone's scapegoat, right? Like you're feeling down or depressed. Like I hope you can like go to my YouTube channel um, and just like, Man, I never thought about it that way. And what is the YouTube channel? It's not created yet, but it will be the Cody Alford. All right. Clownpenis.fart. Yeah. Clownpenis.fart, <laughs> Clown <laughs> yeah. So I'll get that set up, and I'll definitely share it with the family here. But uh, but like I said, I think I still need to take that, those few months to kind of yeah, get my stuff together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, we're looking forward to following the journey and looking forward to uh, celebrating your escape pretty soon. So Yeah, buddy. Thanks for joining us here today, man. Freedom. We always appreciate it. Coming at you from Softly to HQ. We'll catch you next week.